0: Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on March 20th, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There, you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to support the ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Jan Rude with the Gospel reading. The Holy Gospel for this third Sunday in Lent is found in the Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter, beginning with the first verse. At that very time, there were some present who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, do you think that because those Galileans suffered in this way that they're worse sinners than all the other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them. Do you think they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told them this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, see here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree. And still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Not long after the global pandemic forced us to discontinue so many aspects of public life that give us joy and fulfillment, I decided that I wanted to add a new tree to our back deck at our home because it just felt like a hopeful thing to do right then. And I went to the nursery really looking for a dogwood, but then when I was there, I saw a lovely peach tree that already had little fuzzy peaches growing on its branches It was not only beautiful to look at, but I became very enamored with the prospect of harvesting peaches over the summer months. And that first summer, my hope came to fruition. The peaches ripened and they were delicious and it made me look forward to the next growing season and the next crop of fruit to enjoy. The following spring, things started out very well. Beautiful flowers appeared ahead of most of the other trees in the neighborhood. And then the first leaves started to grow on the tree, along with tiny little peaches. It looked like another productive season. But then the leaves all started to shrivel up and fall off the tree. I did research on what might be happening. I sprayed the leaves with an organic product that was supposed to stop the disease, But to my disappointment, nothing seemed to work. And in a pretty short period of time, the tree lost every leaf and all of those tiny little peaches beside them also shriveled up and fell off the tree. And that's when I became like the person in the parable we just heard who had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. He came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said, get rid of it. Why should it be wasting the soil? In my case, I took the tree out of its pot and I tossed it out in the alley next to our yard waste containers and forgot about it. It was harsh, but it seemed like the only choice I had at that time. But now as I think about it, I'm wondering if that approach is is actually something that spills over into other parts of my life. Prior to telling this parable, Jesus does speak about the critical need for repentance. Not just for some of us, but for all of us who live in relationship with God and with each other. So I wonder how does that call to repentance make its way into my hearing of this parable. It's clear from Luke's account of the conversation that preceded the telling of the parable that we human creatures are much more inclined to see other people's need for repentance and not our own. It starts out in this story, as many of our own conversations do, with observations and speculations about those people. In this case, as Luke tells it, those people were pilgrims from Galilee who were in Jerusalem and who were killed by Pontius Pilate. Luke doesn't tell us everything that was said in that conversation, but we get the clear impression that the crowd with Jesus reported this news to him in a way that showed how fixated they were on the need to assign blame somehow. They wanted to make sense of all of that. So they must have even discussed the possibility that this murder was something that those people brought on themselves somehow. Maybe they displeased God in some way. Unless you repent, Jesus says, you will all perish as they did. In other words, the question to ask is not what did those people do, but what am I doing? What impact do my thoughts, my actions have on the world around me? And that brings me back to my question of how I might see myself in the person who makes such harsh judgments about the fig tree In the parable that Jesus tells, I resonate with another modern reader of this parable who asks, in what ways am I pronouncing judgments that I have no right to pronounce? In what ways am I seeing only loss or scarcity in the world and not potential and possibility? Where in my life or in the lives of others have I prematurely called it quits, saying There's no life worth cultivating here. Cut it down. And then when I go deeper into Jesus' call to repentance, I am compelled to also ask how I might be like that tree that fails to produce fruit. I do trust with all my heart that God has put the capacity to bear fruit in every one of us human creatures. But true repentance means seeing and acknowledging where we fail to do that in our daily lives. St. Paul describes the fruits of God's spirit within us as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I do aspire to all of those But producing that fruit every day is another matter. It makes me think of the conversations I've been having during Lent with a group that's been reading and reflecting on Martin Luther's small catechism. We started with Luther's teaching on the Ten Commandments, which not only call attention to what we should not be doing, but also to what we are meant to do in every one of these commandments. And in Luther's expansive way of understanding both of those dimensions of the commandments. We have acknowledged how incredibly high then the bar is for all of us. Even on a commandment that we might think we're keeping every day, like you shall not murder, Luther widens the context by saying that what it really means is we are to fear and love God so that we neither endanger nor harm the lives of our neighbors, but instead help and support them in all of life's needs. And then as we discussed in our group, it all gets even wider when we acknowledge not only our individual failures to obey the commandment in that broadest way, but our complicity in unjust systems that actually do endanger and harm the lives of other people and our failure to act in ways that break those cycles of violence. One group member remembered reading how Martin Luther actually connects this commandment to not murder to the plight of hungry people in our communities. When we fail to see how our consumptive and wasteful lifestyles perpetuate an unjust distribution of food, and when we fail to turn things around by Changing our ways, sharing our food with the hungry, working for a systemic change in our society, Martin Luther says that we actually are failing to honor and keep this commandment that says, You shall not murder. Thought of in that light, I definitely identify with the barren fig tree in Jesus' parable and with that barren peach tree that I threw out in my alley. And were it not for the second part of the parable, I would only feel the sting of conviction and not the possibility of anything new. As it turns out, however, the world that Jesus describes in his parable is also one where grace is held out for all of us. When instructed to cut the tree down, the the gardener enters a plea of mercy. Let it alone for one more year, the gardener says, until I dig around it and put manure on it. That's about as earthy as the gospel gets. And its language is strong enough then to give us hope in a divine patience and grace that is there for us when we need it. In the gardener's plea, I also hear a clear vision for what is still possible, in each one of our lives. No matter how greatly we have failed, there is still a power within us to bear fruit worthy of repentance and to bless the world with the gifts that God has given us to share. In the end, I didn't have the heart to leave that peach tree just lying out there in the alley beside the yard waste bins. In early summer, I picked it up and put it in a pot, and then I mixed in some special fertilizer for fruit trees. And when I remembered to water it in the following months, I soaked the roots and watched as new leaves started to reappear. They remained healthy on the tree until they turned color in the fall and fell off, which is when I then moved that tree back onto our deck. And then just last week, the first beautiful blossoms burst forth. And now I do have renewed hope for what is possible. Of course, there still is the risk that the leaves will wither again and fall to the ground. But that's no different than the risk that the gardener took in the parable or the risk that God takes with us this very day. Even now, God is saying, Give him time. Give her grace. Give them mercy. Thanks be to God. Amen.